Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a podcast on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and presenter. Just a quick reminder for everyone to sort of sign up to Hive Summit. It starts August 1st. It's free PD for educators. We got nine episodes lined up. I've shot most of them, edited them. They are sounding great. So many great ideas shared out, and I can't wait to launch this. Uh, go to hivesummit.org. That'd be awesome if you sign up today. Pass that information around to the other teachers you know. Really, it takes a community to kind of get everybody in there and going and thriving. So, But today, episode 119 of Well Played. Super excited. We have a first-time Well Played guest here. I uh, can't wait to get started. We are It's Paolo Talameo. And we are <laughs> nice. We are chatting all about sort of building out a gamified experience for that year. Sort of this like we often talk about starting small, starting small, starting small. Uh, but today's episode's all about go big or go home. And Paolo did just that in his first year. But before we kind of dive into the the nitty gritty of this episode, Paolo, can you please introduce yourself here to the well played community? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me today. My name is Paolo Tolomeo. I'm a fourth grade teacher uh, from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, this was my first year gamifying. I came across Ooh. Mr. Matera's book last summer and it was one of those rare experiences where I read something and really it was something that I could implement coming up and not a, oh, this would have been awesome a month ago. So I decided to go big air and I just decided that I'm starting the year off right from and I'm just going to go big. So I gamified the entire school year and it turned out to be a smashing success. So thank you very much. I am so excited that you dove in. I really like that you took that sort of that moment to to be a call to action. You know, like, and this happens to all of us, me included. You hear something, and you're like, "That's a good idea," and you sort of shelve it. You put it in a little box, and you say, "Maybe mm-hmm. later, I'll I'll take a look at that." Uh, that's awesome that it resonated with you, and you were like, I, "This is this is what I'm doing," uh, and you and you put some time and effort into it. How did you even begin, though? I mean, we gotta like, if this is an episode about going big, going, going home, like you chose to go big, so where where do you even begin with that? So I looked at it as a what is something I'm already excited about and things that I enjoy, and I'm real big into pirates of the swashbuckling persuasion. Uh, through throughout no. my years of teaching, kids have bought me treasure chests and gold doubloons and necklaces and i have so many pirate pieces of paraphernalia i taught in tampa for three years which is just a tampa or it's a uh, pirate central so i had all these items and i thought i already have all the gear i already have all the uh, decorations for the classroom i thought okay that's a great place to start so i started thinking what can my theme be because we talked about coming up with a theme so i figured we're navigating the seven seas in search for the new world so we Love have, it. with our Olveus, our anti-bullying committee, and with our school council, we have the seven habits of happy kids. So I thought, all right, those seven habits, those will be our seven C's that we're exploring and we're going through. So each month we got a new habit, that would be one of the C's that we explored. And I thought, because I'm self-contained, so I figured, all right, how can I also implement this with other subjects? And I thought, okay, each habit, they'll earn one tangram piece. So it's a math puzzle, seven pieces in this. All right, each one will be part of our seven C's, and they'll accumulate those throughout the year for a final challenge at the end of the year. And that was something I already did, working with our school council, things I already did. So I just figured, how can I take everything I've already done and kind of combine it into one big experience for the kids? And that was my main thing first year. Instead of trying to recreate everything, was just how can I incorporate things I already do into one big activity for this whole school year? Uh, wow. I mean, like, what? a great <clears throat> excuse me what a great concept and a great way to lay it out i love that you you really hit on some of the 
principles I talk about in the book. One, starting with that theme, like what energizes and excites you. And I'm so glad that you chose something that like centers around your passion because then you can bring that to the, to the classroom. You can bring that excitement and that enthusiasm. So not just choosing a topic that you think the kids would dig. I mean, it's awesome that they gel. I mean, kids will like pirates. You like pirates, but you got to bring it. So that's that's huge and a great place to start. Yeah, I figure if they don't see the passion for me, there's going to be no way they have passion for the learning. So I had to find something I was excited about. And it makes it entertaining for me. So in a purely selfish reason, I had a blast with it too. Yeah, and then the next step you know, in the design process is thinking through what you already do. And I mean, this is to me a ginormous selling point of gamification. I'm not advocating for you to throw out the stuff you've done. I'm asking you to sort of think through how we can put a theme over what we do, connect what we already do. And what it ends up being is a more powerful and immersive experience for your students because these these concepts that were just kind of out there now have a greater meaning to them and to the, the voyage they're on. Absolutely. I just figure if I want the students to remember what I'm teaching, I've got to make sure that teaching is as memorable as possible. And so I just took things that we already did. And I try to find some of my most bland activities, things that are just like I have to teach this concept and figure, okay, how can I add a tweak to it, kind of spark a little bit more engagement, get the kids excited about it. And it's things we already did, but it was just adding a small twist to it just to kind of get that a little bit more buy-in, that engagement at the beginning. And it worked out really well. Nice. So you, you locked in on this theme. You thought of some of the things that are happening both in your school as well as your classroom. And you started to sort of connect them in to what you were doing. Now, yeah. one of the things you, you, I mean, like, boom, you went out there. I mean, you did this year-long game. H- how did it feel? I mean, like, walk me through kind of, I, mean, I guess, a quick synopsis of, okay, like, we all can understand how to launch something pretty awesome. So I'm sure you had, like, an awesome beginning. But, yeah. like, I, I'm almost more interested in, like, what did it feel like? What did it look like? three weeks out when like you're done with the team building you're done with the like ah we're pirates and we're getting on ships yeah what's three weeks out look like yeah and that was my big worry coming into it It was like all right how do i gamify an entire school year and then realizing i don't have to gamify every day and i don't have to gamify every single lesson like i can teach my activities i can teach my lessons and then on occasion sprinkle in some of the gamification in there the other thing i don't want it to be overkill and within two weeks the kids go all right this is getting boring mr t can we be do something else so it was one of those just sprinkle it throughout as we went through for instance one activity that we did a few months into the school year we were doing just a basic compare and contrast activity with native american tribes in western pennsylvania and every year it's just the kids create a venn diagram find similarities and differences we move on it's a very bland activity but it's part of the curriculum you teach cause and effect and so i thought all right how can i tweak it and so what i had to do is i had the queen sent my kids a letter saying they needed to choose one of the either the Iroquois or the Algonquins to be an ally on our tra- on our travels. I said, decide which one would be a more beneficial ally. And I said, all right, go. So the kids automatically went in and they started comparing and contrasting. But the big part about that, though, they went into the analysis of it all. They started figuring out, well, why is this important? They were trying to prove why a certain tribe would make a stronger ally on our quest. So a bland activity, some of the kids at the end of the year, I sent you some of those uh, letters the kids thanked me for the year and just talking about the gamification, some they said that was their favorite activity. So previously it was just a bland, dry activity that we just did to cover it, and all of a sudden it's become one of their favorite activities, and I made one PowerPoint slide as a letter from the queen, and all of a sudden they dove into it head first, and it was awesome. I literally, like, I got, like, bumps here, goosebumps here in that story. Uh, I 
uh, like that encapsulates so much of like why I do gamification and how I do gamification. Constant question I get is like people misunderstanding when you talk about gamification that they think every day must be some gamified thing. And like, guys, I just like Paolo, like it's about sprinkling these things in. It's about knowing when to sort of take an activity up a notch. And, and no, I do not have every day planned out to some like gamified experience. I try to challenge myself to, to meaningfully connect to the game and the content when I can. And this is like a great example of, and what a great story that something that just was, I don't want to like reduce it to a worksheet, but something that was just sort of a worksheet moment that like kind of had to get done and we just sort of, it was forgettable. But we did it, we checked the box that we did it. Now it turned into something that months later on the end of the year sort of what'd you like, how'd you like, is a moment. It's a moment in time that they remember and they connect to and they love. Yeah, and that's the thing. I just look at it as like I'm always trying to create learning experiences. I want them to remember. And you always talk about the highest of feelings and the lowest feelings. That's what people are going to remember. And I don't want mm -hmm. this to be one of those middle of the road that they just forgot about years later. Like uh, five years like, oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. You're a coin Algonquin tribe, Mr. T. I don't remember that activity. But now it's one of those that became an experience for the kids. And it was, again, just throwing in a little bit of a story in there. Choose one of them to be an ally. Prove it to the queen. And the kids jumped in with it. And then by sprinkling it in throughout the year also, they're always asking, like, hey, when's, when are we going to have the next side quest? When are we going to have our next mission? When's the next battle? And just kind of you build that anticipation, that excitement for it. And you kind of wait and kind of get the feel from the kids. And that was another thing. With it being my first year, I kind of let the kids – I kind of felt it out with the kids. I let them kind of guide me and figure out, okay, when are they looking for a little bit more? Okay, now we'll throw something in with them. And a lot of times the kids helped me out with some of the activities. But, again, it was one of those – Every so often, we sprinkle something in there, and it kind of just grabbed their attention a little bit more, and they dove right in. I love that, like, pacing with the students. You know, if this is your first time, what a great bit of advice. Like, be aware of what the students need, and and listen. Like, keep your ears out there, like, and they'll start saying they want to do another activity. And then, like, challenge yourself that weekend to, like, plan an activity. The other, the other thing that I think is important to note and, and kind of remember is this idea of not every moment has to be gamified. Not everything has to like be playful in that respect, but challenge yourself to build those experiences because building an experience for your students builds the relationship with your kids, and those are the moments that are going to be remembered. So I, mean, I think you, you really hit the nail on the head this year. Did you oh, did did you feel um, I don't know like did you feel overwhelmed or I mean it sounds like you did a really good job taking the advice taking the pace of you know just we can do this and we can sprinkle it in but I mean yeah. some people that go big or go home really go big <laughs> yeah and that was one of the things like the advantage was that I started over the summer last year without knowing who I was going to have in my class just kind of going fresh the disadvantage was I didn't know who my students were going to be if they'd be able to handle this if it would be too much I mean I'm fourth grade self-contained so you just never know if this is going to be too much for the kids if I'm going to be able to find a way to incorporate the gamification all day with the same group of kids or if they're just going to get bored within the first day so I kind of just went with here's what I already do how can I start adding a little bit of gamification into that instead of trying to recreate and going too much with it we had a new reading resource so i was already trying to learn that resource so i had that on my on my plate trying to revamp my math instruction so i had that going on so i was like i don't want to go too much but i decided to figure out okay everything i'm doing is there any way i can incorporate some of the gamification like in our reading we do a non-fiction unit and we were talking about natural disasters and the kids are supposed to do a research activity with that and i was like all right gamification what can i do with this and i thought 
we're late to arrive at our new world. The queen's angry, so we need to explain to her, here's what happened. We came across these natural disasters. Let us explain it to you because you've never experienced it because of the secluded nature of her castle, of course. And so the kids went right into, of course, they went right into researching these natural disasters. And I said, but time is of the essence. You don't have all day. You got to tell her quick. She's getting impatient. So they broke up the responsibilities in their groups into different subheadings. So right away, they're looking at nonfiction text. They're looking at research, looking at presentations. They're looking at subheadings and how to divvy out the responsibility in their group. And then they had to do a videotape production for the queen. They videotaped the message to her using the green screen. So this is an activity I was going to be doing for reading anyway. I had a small tweak of, you're giving a presentation to the queen explaining why you're late. You need to be very sorry and very clear of why you're late and so they went to the historical impacts of it they went into people who've survived and finding firsthand accounts and talk about it's okay though we can survive this here's what we need to do to survive these natural disasters here's what causes them in our new world we can do everything we can to prevent these natural disasters and again it was something we were already going to do but i added a small tweak just saying you're presenting it to the queen and all of a sudden the kids dove in again head first with it and so trying not to take everything start from scratch but just taking again everything that i already did and just adding that small little gamification piece to the top of it so i i like that that's like reminds me of like this technique i talk about it's three p's it's powerful playful problems so it's a little bit like problem-based learning or Mm project-based learning but in a more small streamlined sense gamification can be just that reason that's the problem like the queen had this situation and we all like to have those playful moments, like all of our students, like that's just more fun already amping it up that like, ah, we got to like explain to the queen this thing, as opposed to you could have done the same natural disaster project. And I guarantee you it would have been less engaging, still could have been a good project. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to put right. it down the project, but like this does amp it up. This does make it better. And all you had to do was, as you kind of said in the last story, spend a few minutes of your time like making a google slide that was kind of like on old-timey paper saying oh we got this letter from the queen and like oh we gotta check it out old-timey paper old-timey font that threw that in every time and the kids were all over it yeah i do this quick get to the carpet's a letter from the queen i'm like all right guys yes the queen like this fictional character all of a sudden got them doing whatever they needed to do so it was it was pretty awesome well, there's, a, there's actually power in that. There's like a lot of research, too, about like a shared, I mean, quote-unquote, enemy like or a commonality like that can mm-hmm. really bond people together. And so you really did an awesome job of having this outside figure be daunting, probably sometimes complimentary, sometimes excited that they were able to do something, but then sometimes demanding and frustrated that this happened, right? Yeah. And that was one of the other things with the outside figures. Uh, we read a story, Unsolved Mysteries from History by Jane Yole, and one's called uh, The Mary Celeste. And so it's an unsolved mystery about a ship called the Mary Celeste that the crew went missing. And so I made a fictional character called Mary Celeste throughout the year. And she would drop Easter eggs, and those would be all of our side quests. So when we were doing natural disasters, one of the side quests was create a visual representation of any type of natural disaster. And so the kids would find it on my website, and it's, again, something we were covering already. But the side quest, the kids jumped in on it, and I didn't have to do anything. I came up with some ideas from your book. I wrote them down, put them on my website. And whenever the kids saw a little Easter egg somewhere in the classroom, a literal Easter egg, like picture or like anything around the yeah. room, they'd be like, oh, I think Mary Celeste is on the website. And so they were always looking for Mary Celeste. And then they were jumping on these side quests like crazy. It was awesome. I had a lot of parents actually commenting that their kids were doing more work for assignments that weren't actually assigned. And I was like, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> One parent was like, I went and laminated a poster last night. I was like, I'm so sorry, but the poster is awesome, and I'm going to save it. Um, again, <laughs> fictional character, Mary Celeste. The kids were obsessed. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that mechanism you used, and which kind of brings up like another question. So 
for all those people that are thinking about starting this year, and, and my book details a bunch of different game mechanics, but I, but I constantly say throughout there, like, you don't have to use all of these. Like, it's supposed to be like an encyclopedia that you can kind of go back to, check, mm-hmm. say, I want to add this one thing. What are some of the ones that you sort of started with? Once you pushed past theme, what were, what were some mechanics that you used in your game? Do you have badges? Do you have items? Do you have levels? Do you have a leaderboard? Like, what are some of the mechanics you chose to infuse? So I used I used the leaderboard and I had different levels. Um, we had the kids all started off as deckhands, then it became sailors, then buccaneers, then quartermasters, and then captains. And so then I talked to the kids and we talk about okay, what are some rewards you want to earn throughout the year? And again, we do this at the beginning of every year. They earn privileges so they can cash them in for rewards. And so they told me that what I did was I figured out what were the ones that were the most special they came up with, and I made those as you can only achieve that if you're a quartermaster. So then all of a sudden it gave them something to strive for as they went through each of the levels. Um, I had some items. I think that's one area I want to try to improve upon next year is working with the items, um, just the usage of the items, the storage of the items. I actually bought them baseball card holders, the sleeves. So I'm going to have them this coming school year save them in their sleeves because for a lot of kids, they lost them, they got damaged. Um, a lot of kids were becoming obsessed with collecting them, just wanted to hoard them throughout the entire year. And they're like, here you go, Mr. Use all my items back. And I was like, okay, that did, wasn't what they were for, but sure, if you want to collect them, by all means. Um, so I'm going to try to see if I can work through that also. But just having different levels and then the different purposes for those levels. Like they needed a reason to want to advance through those levels. Uh, so we came up with some of our uh, goals for there. And then I came up with this point system that they earned XP throughout the year. Um, we use Class Dojo for the school year because I use it for kids to post pictures on their portfolios and communicate with parents. So I figured, all right, your Dojo points will become your XP points instead. So we just transferred over with that. Nice. Um, and after they reached so many points, they would earn a gold doubloon. They can cash that in for their prizes. So in the past, it was always if after you earn 100 points, you can cash in 100 points for a reward. Now when you cash, earn 100 points, you get a gold doubloon. And then the, the doubloon becomes your cash to cash in for prizes. And again, something we already did using it as a reward system for a behavior management in the classroom. Um, but then throwing in that leaderboard also, the kids were pretty keen on the leaderboard. I had that visible in the classroom. Uh, and then I posted on my website, I used yours um, with the spreadsheet that we were able to post on my website so the kids were able to keep up with checking out the top five and checking out to see how far they were from their next level. Um, so that was one of the big things, just kind of coming up with the levels and then their reward system based on what they were interested in. A lot of lunch in the classrooms, which Sure, it's free, it's easy, have lunch in the room, I get some work done. Um, but that was one of the big ways that I was able to incorporate. And again, sticking everything with that pirate theme or the sailor theme. So give me an example of, because a lot of teachers sometimes forget this, a, an item or a power-up or a special ability or whatever, Paolo, he just, Paolo just sort of shared quickly there, lunch in the classroom is sort of like a reward, is a power-up. And then if you can connect that to the theme. So like, did you call that something, you know, piratey, something like <laughs> I did not. That was just lunch in the classroom. So right. I think next year I'm looking at, okay, some of the rewards, can I find something that's more ties in more with that theme? But I just kind of figured, all right, the rewards, whatever they chose, we typed them up, put them on the board under our leaderboard. So it was a constant reminder of what they were looking for. Uh, but no, I didn't put anything themed wise with that. Um, but some of the Don't items worry. that I was able to use. Oh, good. I was just going to say, like, just a reminder of everybody else, those are like little ways that you can make your experience a little more immersive. Like, they're, it's not hard even for a fourth grader to sort of slowly, like, get more immersed in the experience of being a pirate, being on these ships, being on these quests, going on these, you know, seven seas sailed, and then to all of a sudden say, like, whatever, like, captain's, you know, captain's yeah, uh, banquet or whatever, like, oh, sweet, like, yeah, let's. 
I want to be at the captain's banquet. Oh, I like that. that. Lunch in the classroom, right? Yeah. But it's it's the same thing. It's a verbal version of having the old timey paper and the old timey text. It's just another Mm -hmm. moment where we can add a little more experience. Yeah, no, I like that. That's one of the things I'm looking to see is, okay, some of the other small things that didn't really gamify this past year, um, like some of the rewards, kind of find a way to incorporate those as well. So I like that Captain's Banquet. That's a good one. Yeah, like just those little those little moments. So, you, all right, so you had, I mean, I love it. Like you added some of these things. You've tried some. I think, too, that we all need to remember, like we're not going to get it perfect right away. If we think of any other pedagogy we've tried, or even just teaching in general, like we're all probably far different teachers than we were day one, year one. Uh, so same thing. You're trying a whole new thing, and and I love the language you're talking about. That like these are the things I put in play. Some of them worked. Some of them didn't. Some of them I'm gonna tweak. You know, some mm-hmm. of them were like the good idea, but just we gotta like crack the code and figure out the way to make it work in your classroom. So. Right. For those of you that are going to go try this, don't worry so much of getting it perfect. The more important thing is get something out there so that you can learn from it. You can get that feedback from your students, from your game players, and say like, oh man, like I see the power of the value in items, for example. Like You're going to choose to re-up on that one, but it wasn't done perfectly. Like You weren't like super satisfied with how it rolled out, but like you're going to continue with that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, and I thought I got to start somewhere. And nothing's ever perfect the first time through. I just finished my fifth year in fourth grade, and I did five years in sixth grade. And so I've been 13 years of teaching. And after 12 years, I was like, it's still not perfect. There's things, still things I can tweak, but I had to start somewhere. So it was my thought with the gamification was just start somewhere. Get something done. Get something rolling out, and it will add to it as the year went by. Um, kids were able to give me suggestions on items. So some of the items that we had, the kids cashed them in. And they even jumped on the idea of kind of gamifying the items one was readers of the caribbean they turn in a reading log every week their idea was what if whenever we have our reading minutes we can take our the number of hours we read that week and do a multiplier for that i said fantastic so kids were coming up with ideas for items and i was just incorporating them into our into our catalog as well but again started somewhere and then we just built it as the year went on and this year was awesome i had a ton of kids who were gamers i'm huge they just loved video games they love minecraft they love just everything about board games and so I was like listen we're gonna gamify the year i need item ideas go and they were just like oh there's like keeping a list they were talking to groups they had them like so they had a crew during recess they would get together and just talk about okay what are some items we can come up with and they were suggesting them to me throughout the year so that was pretty awesome too that's great uh and, and again yeah like no use use that that relationship we're all building with our students to this is like a great, fun, and creative space where the, we're allowing the students to sort of dream big. Like we can, this, is, this isn't curriculum, so like we can allow them a lot of creative leeway and have a conversation with your kids. Like, <coughs> they, excuse me, they will help you build out the game, no problem. But you need a little framework. So like in the summer, that's the work you did. You, you, yeah. you started that framework. So do you have any like suggestions for somebody starting out uh, that you felt you'd want to pass on some words of wisdom for someone that's right now hearing this. It's mid July. They have a month and a half, maybe before they got to go back. What, what steps should they take? I think first, just try to think about what you already do and how can you make it more memorable for the students? Something just crap, grab their attention. Then find something you're passionate about and excited about and run with that. I mean, all of us got into teaching for a reason, and we had that passion for teaching, not teaching curriculum or teaching standard, but for teaching kids. So you just got to get back to just 
I'm doing this for the kids. I'm doing this with children and I just want to have fun with it. So just find that fun in teaching. And then once you have that passion, whatever it is you're going with, just figure out, okay, how can I incorporate this somehow throughout the year? My thought was if it crashed and burned at the beginning of the year, that's it. Then I can be done with it. And it was I gamified a unit or a week and then we move on with the year and we just go about business as usual. But start somewhere. Don't be afraid to get started. But don't feel also that you have to recreate everything. Start with what you already do and to see if you can incorporate a little bit of your own passion into each of those activities. This is all good suggestions. Some follow-up questions I have for you, you know, around these is one, like this. We sometimes use this word game, right? Like we created a game. We're playing this game. They're pirates. Mm-hmm. And on one hand, I love that term, but on another hand, it is so misleading to people that don't gamify. Because right, like somebody's listening to this right now, saying, "Okay, I want to do it," but I don't understand, like. What like I don't understand the game, and it's like ooh, it's not really a game, right? It's mm-hmm. it's a it's more of a system. It's more of an experience. Yeah, it's more just immersive learning. You're just kind of getting the kids just diving deeper into the activities and the learning experiences. You're just kind of putting like a little bit of a storyline throughout the school year. I mean, school system itself is just they go through levels, through the grades, and they earn their grades, and they continue to progress through. So now it's just a matter of let's put a little storyline, a little creativity in there just to kind of grab the student's attention, just to have a little bit of fun with it. That's another thing, just playful learning. Just have fun while we're also learning. Like teaching cause and effect does not need to be a boring rote activity. We can teach it with a little bit of humor and a little bit of fun in there when they're writing a letter to the queen. Or I do a famous people presentation at the end of the year. They research a famous person and present to that person. And so my tweak was you now need to inhabit the new land. You can choose any person from history that you think was influential enough that you want to invite to our new land. Pick the person and give a presentation of why they belong in our new community. And so just, again, adding a small little tweak to that. And it's not a game per se. They weren't playing this game. They were just kind of progressing through this storyline. I was an English writing major in college. I figured, all right, I'm going to take my writing abilities and I'm going to see if I can write a school year for us. And so that was just the idea of just kind of progressing through the year and just seeing, okay, what can I include and what can I incorporate into the activities that we do so the kids can have a little bit more of an immersive learning experience. I love it. So... So my last question then is your kids, you've done a full year gamified experience. What were some of the like feedback? What was kind of the end feedback from the students? Yeah, I had a number of students who wrote uh, some letters at the end of the year just kind of thanking me for the year and talking about things they enjoyed. And I had five or six of them who specifically said, I love the gamified part of the year. A couple kids said, I love having our different levels of the quartermaster and buccaneer and captains. Some kids referenced that Iroquois and Algonquin uh, compare and contrast activity. said that was one of my favorite activities for the school year. And so this talking about that is that was what was memorable throughout the year. And it was just like earning the gold doubloons. A few kids referenced that as well. And it was just it was awesome to see that that was something that impacted the kids at the end of the year. And they remembered it, it was something we sprinkled throughout the year. But they noticed that that was something was a layer on top of what we were doing and they appreciated it and enjoyed it. And at the end of the day, that's what I'm trying to do for the students is get them to appreciate and enjoy the learning so that they remember. It. And it wasn't just I had fun playing the games. It was a I really liked our compare and contrast activity because it was awesome that we were writing to the queen. It was always back to what the learning was, not just the game. Sure. I, I mean, I love it. I love your answers. I love the positivity. I love the relationship. I love how you have sort of coached yourself through this idea of like, it can grow over time. It doesn't have to be huge. I can sprinkle it through. These are all good little points that we. I hope these are little gems people are picking up here, you know. Uh, I'd be super honored if people picked up the book and like checked it out. It's a you know walks you through some of these concepts, 
and it's definitely things you can kind of go back to to like tweak your game but start 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 look at that it's right there in his hand so start i mean that's that's the big thing start creating those experiences for kids because you're going to create kind of a bigger and richer experience and relationship with your kids and that that's kind of why we all got in this i think so yes but we are paulo we are at reflection time we're here all right so i'm going to read the quote here this quote comes from mr rogers in your neighborhood there right yes sir and uh i want you to like tell me what you kind of how this hits you given the topic we're talking about here adding a game layer and an experience to your class all right quote goes often when you think you're at the end of something you're really at the beginning of something else how does that hit you how does that fit into this this topic that we're talking about you know, I'm thinking about some of the activities that I did this past year, and I'd been teaching fourth grade now. I just finished my fourth year teaching fourth grade, and at the end of and that last summer, I was thinking, okay, what can I do? And I'd done the same activity for four years. I tweaked it. I'd gotten to the point where I thought it was perfect. I thought it was exactly where it needed to be. Kids were engaged two years ago. But then I thought, how can I add to it? So just when I thought that I had finished those activities, I tweaked them enough. I'd added a few things so I learned from some of the mistakes in the previous years and found ways to improve each activity from some of the student feedback. I found a way to be able to just start over and add a little bit more to it without having to fully start over. Again, just adding a little bit of an extra layer on there, took the same exact activity, but now gave it a fresh new outlook for me also. Because teaching the same thing year after year after year can become redundant. So just find a way to tweak it and refresh it for myself, but also refresh it for the students. Um, yeah, so just though I thought these activities were fine-tuned and tweaked and ready to roll out, I found a way to be able to start a little bit, start fresh for the kids. Yeah, that's great. For me, the quote uh, is just this idea that I, I think we shouldn't necessarily fear change, right? So Paolo definitely was, he read the book last summer, and instead of sort of fearing it, and we could all fear, insert any book and its ideas, and, a, and an easy way to sort of say that you kind of like it is to talk about it and say like, oh, gamification is a good idea. Oh, like project-based learning is a good idea. But then not actually like move to action, right? It's easy to sort of think about that because to do this, some of your things, some of your ideas sort of ended a little bit. Be, but instead of looking at it as a negative, you looked at it as a positive. It's the beginning of something else. And the true blue thing about gamification is you're not actually ending the things that you've done you are just beginning it in sort of a new and more immersive way. And I, I hope people have got that through this episode. I, I, I am definitely inspired to like get back to work and do some more. So I hope others out there are. Paolo, thank you so much for being on today's show. Hey, thanks for having me. I definitely don't think this is going to be the last time you're on the show. Uh, I oh, always love awesome. having people come back and chat. I want to hear how your year goes next year. I want to hear how like your adding some different things i think there's a lot of like wisdom in your experience so i, I want to have it on the show thanks man i told my wife at the beginning of the course that my goal is to get onto the well-played podcast so whenever you send me that message i threw the phone down took a lap around the house and she told me to settle <laughs> down but i mean this was an awesome goal checked off the list so hopefully we can make it happen again yeah that was awesome i think it's the show is going to be really helpful to everybody everyone else thank you so much for listening to this podcast Check out the, the YouTube channel. Lots of content there as well as these shows. So it's a great place where I want the conversation to continue. So if there's a question that you want to ask based on the show, a comment, a little high five, whatever, 
go check out youtube.com slash Mr. Matera. Find episode 119. That would be this one. And post a comment down below. Give it a like. Give it a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. We'd love that kind of interaction. Everyone, enjoy your day. Play on.